This podcast is brought to you by Dr. Alfonso Brown and is a product of guidinglifeministries.podia.com. Hey, when you think of all the amazing gifts and weapons of spiritual warfare that God could have given us, why do you think he gave us the word and told us to use this practice which he calls faith? Now, we all know God is the most intelligent and most powerful of all beings. So there must be something to this concept of faith that he believes it can help us to solve all the things that we will face. And he gave us great examples in the apostles, the prophets, and of course, his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. So join me today in this episode of Life's Lessons in God's Word as we attempt to tackle the issue of faith, what it means and how we should use it. I'm Dr. Alfonso Brown, and thank you for joining. And I'm gonna borrow um, my text today from 1 Peter. Uh, 5 verse 7 and according to the new international version it reads cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you now this is a powerful and important scripture it tells us to cast all of our anxiety not some of it it doesn't say oh just do what you feel comfortable with and then whatever's left over uh, it says to give it to god and The reason why I want us to meditate on the fact that this scripture is telling us to cast all our anxiety on him, because oftentimes we feel that if we can't do it on our own, then somehow uh, we are defective. And many times, um, I think the enemy of our souls works against us by making us feel like we're less this happens and I'll draw an excerpt from a book that I've been reading it's called You Are the Beloved it's daily meditations it's and in his book uh, he talks about the trap of self rejection and I'll just quote what it says here it says over the years I've come to realize that the greatest trap in our life is not success popularity or power self-rejection. Success, popularity, and power can indeed present a great temptation, but their seductive quality often comes from the way they are part of the much larger temptation of self-rejection. We had, When we have come to believe in the voices that call us worthless and unlovable, then success, popularity, and power are easily perceived as attractive solutions. The real trap, however, self-rejection. As soon as someone accuses me or criticizes me, as soon as I am rejected, left alone, or abandoned, I find myself thinking, well, that proves once again that I am a nobody. My dark side says I am no good. I deserve to be pushed aside, forgotten, rejected, and abandoned. Self-rejection is the greatest enemy of the spiritual life because it contradicts the sacred voice that calls us the beloved. Being the beloved constitutes the core truth of our existence. So 
for my listeners today, I want to say, do you understand you get that? I'll, I'll read this phrase again. As soon as someone accuses me or criticizes me, as soon as I'm rejected, left alone or abandoned, I find myself thinking, well, that proves once again that I am a nobody. My dark side says I am no good. I deserve to be pushed around, forgotten, rejected, and abandoned. That leads to the culture of self-rejection. For me, I've personally experienced this multiple times, and I experience it oftentimes from people that I care about most. And one of the reasons why it hurts so much when it happens is because I often think of myself as a given person. Um, All my life from a very young age, I've tried my best to not just think about myself, but to think about others. I go out of my way to support others and oftentimes will place the needs of others above myself as God asks us to. What I found, however, in my adult life is that a lot of times it seems like uh, once you can no longer provide a given need for someone or they have a disagreement with you, then they very quickly and very comfortably feel easy casting you aside and dismissing you. This often leads me to those periods of introspection and self-reflection where I feel as if I don't have any true friends. And I think what's being described here by our author is that we have to start at our core and believe that we are loved. And unlike humans, God doesn't just love us, care for us because of what we can do for him, what our abilities are. He loves us and cares for us just as we are. Oftentimes as humans, we put a tremendous amount of care and concern on you know, what people can do for us and also perceptions of what people look like. We often don't acknowledge people's talents, their gifts, their blessings until they've made it, so to speak. And, you know, I often told people, especially people that I love very much, that I don't see them for their perfect sense. I see them for where they are now and what they can become. And even though where they are now might not be something that's desirable, it's that love for where they're going and what they can become, that potential, that enables me to keep loving them. And to not only love them, but to pray and act in ways to encourage them so that they continue to have that growth. For myself, I've learned that, you know, even though someone might reject you and say that, you know, you're not worth anything, you have to believe that you are. We all have to spend what we call this alone time. This is the time when you're by yourself, but realize that even though you might have an alone time, God doesn't have an alone time. God is always looking for you. If you don't believe that's the case, and we'll talk about this at another time, I I challenge you to read the story of the prodigal son, the father in that parable who represents God. He didn't just wait back. Uh, No, he ran to his son. He had everything. But the one thing that he desired, which was communication and connection with his son, he ran out to meet his son and to bring him home. And when we pray to God and we think about him, brings us back to this verse in 1 Peter 5 and 7. Again, it says to cast all your anxiety on him. 
because he cares. So one of the concepts that I'm going to talk about again and again and again as we do this series is I'm going to mention and talk about the need to maintain faith. And not only to maintain faith, which is the belief part, but it's to maintain action. Because faith combined with action yields results. It takes the supernatural and brings it into the natural. And what is faith, you might ask? We, as Christians, we tend to talk about faith all the time. Faith is the belief that what God says he's going to do, he will do. And where we have problems with faith is that it always doesn't necessarily occur during our time. And that's okay. Because God is the author and constructor of time. And his time is always the perfect time. You know, when your children are young, they want a variety of things. And certain things you know you can't give to them. You can't put your five-year-old behind the car and say, drive, even though they might want to do that because they see you do that. I believe waiting on God is the same. So when I think of faith, I think of it as those dreams and desires that we're hoping for, wishing for. And then the evidence of them is coming. They might be in our imagination or in our mind, but through action, prayer and action, we bring them into being here. And this is what provides the manifestation of the blessing. So if you want to think of faith and remember what it means, you can think of it as this acronym. Faithfully and intentionally trusting Him. And what do I mean by that? It means that we are faithfully and intentionally trusting in our Lord and our Creator. Provide those things that He says. And that's faith. And we believe in it so much that we act you might say this is foolishness. Why would I do that? Well, I can maintain that you do that now anyway. When you go to the bank to withdraw money, you take out your money, you slipping in your ATM card or you write that withdrawal slip, but your expectation is that the money will be there. That's faith in the banking system. When you get up in the morning and you go and you eat your breakfast, you expect not to get poisoned. That's faith in the food handler and the preparation. When you get in your car, you expect it to start. When you fly in a plane, you expect it not to drop out of the sky. That's faith in the mechanics of the vehicle that is transporting you. And if you look at a lot of different things, when you sit in a chair, you expect it's not going to break. When you walk up the stairs in a building, you don't expect the building to collapse. These are all things that we take by faith. And our actions, what we do, demonstrate. If you did not believe that your car was safe to drive in, you probably would never drive in. So the issue here is that we have to have faith. And once we have the belief in the dream, we then put actions behind it. And we trust in God that He will manifest the promises of sin. So here today, as we read our, our verse of meditation, I'd ask you to meditate on this verse. Say it out loud, you know, seven times or more today. And just try to memorize it. It's 1 Peter 5, verse 7, and believe it in its entirety. It says again, cast all of your anxiety on him because he cares for you. If you're worried about anything, do my children love me? Cast it on him. Do my friends care about me? Cast it on him. 
Lord, I'm alone and I feel weak. I need your help. Cast it on him. Lord, I can't make this financial demand. Cast it on him. He cares for you. And just like you have faith, when you demonstrate faith in him, his faith gets activated in you, and he will move on your behalf. God is the author, the finisher of our faith. Author and the finisher. So, that I live with you today. And beware of the trap of self-rejection. Things will come into your life which will try to make you feel that you're not worth and you don't deserve. You'll notice that people are very quick to, we used to call them to make a malice you. They won't talk to you. They'll put you down. And you don't want to go through life walking on eggshells. The Lord Jesus Christ said he came that they might have life, have life more abundantly. And I tell you, my friend, if you trust in him and you work with him, you will be blessed. He will help you and he will help us to grow. I believe in this. I look to him. Let's end this session with a prayer, Lord God, in the name of your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, in whom all power and blessings are given. We thank you for your word, and we thank you for this scripture from 1 Peter 5, verse 7. Cast all our anxiety on you because you care us. Father, may these words not just be spoken in our lips, but may they get down into our hearts and marinate in our souls. And help us to overcome the trap of self-rejection. To realize that we are beloved and we are blessed. And if you said it, no one else can move it. No matter how they try to make us feel, we're blessed. We thank you, O oh God, for this time. I pray that these words that I speak bless the hearers, O oh God, for they're spoken in love. And I pray that they do not return empty. They bless those who hear it and bless them so that they can get more out of this life, which is another one of the promises that you gave us that you came that we would have life and have life more abundant. Until we speak again, my God, the blessed Father, in the name of your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, by the power of your Spirit that involves me, we give thanks. Thank you for listening today, and join us next week for another episode of Life's Lessons in God's Word. Please subscribe to our podcast at lifeslessonsgodsword.org. And please visit our website at guidinglifeministries.org. That's guidinglifeministries.org. Until next time, peace be with you, and God's love always.